we have a joint fund where all of our money goes into. So we know or could know what transactions we are making on a monthly basis. But I think it just helps create that trust between us. And if there is an issue that either of us are seeing, like we talk about it, we're not just sweeping it underneath the rug because ultimately we're one unit or one family, one goal related to our finances. I'm Amy. And I'm Abby. And as women, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. But your life isn't supposed to look like hers. Being your best self means standing firm in your decisions and always being willing to grow with a purpose. We get vulnerable and real with an honest look into the challenges and triumphs we all face. Every woman listening gets the opportunity to choose what life looks like for herself. Today, we're all in for a treat because we have another Bring on the Guys episode. Colin and Drew haven't been here since June, if you guys can even believe it. And I remember recording these episodes in the very beginning of Herself. It was episode three. A lot has changed since then, including all of our friendships. So I think it's pretty safe to say we're all much more comfortable and open with each other than when we first sat down. I know a lot of our listeners are already familiar with you two, but for those that aren't, give us a quick introduction. Drew, I'll have you go first. Thanks, Amy. I feel like I've lived about three different lives since Colin and I were first on over two years ago, PC, pre-COVID as I like to call it. I am now a grizzled 36 years old. I recently actually changed roles within my company. I work for a healthcare technology business unit within Walters Kluwer Health and I was leading a customer success team previously, and now I am a sales operations manager, which has been a nice change for me. I am an avid sports fan. Oh, you still are? I couldn't tell. Yep. That has not changed. And working on my patience one day at a time. What about you, Colin? Lord knows I am too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I'm Colin Green. I am Abby's husband. I was born and raised in the Chicagoland area of South Elgin, Illinois. I went to school in Iowa at the great university of St. Ambrose University, Go Fighting Bees. I met Abby in Dubuque, Iowa, of all places, actually at my same employer that I'm at today, Cottingham and Butler, where I run a a sales practice for our manufacturing division and been there for almost 12 years, which is crazy. We've been married almost eight years. So life's on fast forward mode. We've got three kids and enjoying most every day, (laughs) most of the days. Oh, this is going to be so much fun. So we thought we'd make this a two-part series. And for this episode, we're going to be focusing on partnership. And then we're going to focus on parenting next. So the listeners, you guys always have such amazing questions for the two of you. And I think a good place to start is where do you see room for growth inside your partnership right now? And Colin, I'm going to have you go first. I think for me, the biggest thing where I see growth inside of our marriage and in our partnership is being present with each other. It's so easy for us right now, just in the day-to-day busyness, like like seriously, between picking up our kids at daycare, getting home, getting dinner on the table, the weeks just seem like they're flying by. And you and I could do a much better job of putting the phones away, being with each other, and being present. And I don't think that's something we're doing great at today, if I were being honest. That part definitely takes work. It's not something that just comes 
easily. Like, oh, okay, today we're going to be present now. Today everything's going to change. One thing that we did this week was I remember sending you a text message being like, hey, 4.30, wine on the back porch. And it was one of those yes. things that you Ooh. came home. Yeah, he, he came home early from work. Like we left our phones in the other room. And we just sat there with wine and an Abbey Green charcuterie board, which is just like cheese sticks chopped up and some like random <laughs> sausage and just spent, you know, 30 minutes, just the two of us. And that felt really, really good. And we need to do more of that. Yes, we do. And I had a great time with that. The other thing, too, I think is just at night. Because a lot of times we will sit down, we'll turn on a show and it's like zone out time. And I think I'm I, <laughs> this happens to me a lot. And so I could do a better job, obviously, of putting the phones away. I mean, we have that puzzle we've been working on for a while. That's been fun. (laughs) How about you, Drew? How many pieces is this puzzle, first of all? (laughs) Uh, A thousand. Okay. Drew hates puzzles. I do. I don't have the... Spoiler alert. Going back to the patience thing. I don't have the patience (laughs) for puzzles. Give me 50 pieces. That's about my max. So on our end, I know that I have not done a great job of making Amy feel loved. And that is sad. Are you going to talk about the five love languages? I'm, <laughs> I am not. Um, I know you'd love me to, Colin, but I won't go there. I'm reminded of this often, and it's not, I don't mean that in a way that Amy is being needy. I, I mean that in a way that I have not taken this seriously enough because I feel like everything's fine and I feel loved. <laughs> but Amy doesn't feel that way, and it's all about perspective and Ultimately, my job as a husband is to love my wife and make sure she feels loved. And that's one thing that I know I really need to improve on with our relationship. Yeah, it's hard because we are all so busy. And like right now, at the time of this recording, it's March Madness. And I cannot get his attention for the life of me. So there's different seasons. But why we like to have the guys on the podcast is to really open up about this because we believe that Every couple, including the four of us, have things to work on and our relationship goes through different things. So every time we come on, there's going to be different things to talk about. But the thing I really like about these episodes is the four of us are always committed to recalibrating and getting back on track. Whatever we're going through, we want to make sure that we get back on track. Which brings up another interesting point, because one listener asked, how do you get your partner on board with partnership growth? So, Drew, is there anything that you feel like we do to grow our partnership? I think there are a few things. We intentionally make time for dates, albeit not nearly as frequently as pre-kids, but we try to take time at least once a month, I would say, to go on a date night or go somewhere for a weekend and take the time to connect just the two of us. That's been helpful. I think also giving the other person time to go do what they want, enjoy their hobbies, enjoy time with their friends, just get out of the house, have some alone time. That's helpful in recharging both Mm. each other as individuals, but also our marriage. And then one thing that I've been doing that Amy recommended, it's been kind of a quick little thing twice a week, is subscribing to Marriage Minute from the Gottman Institute. It's a quick couple minute read Tuesday and Thursday mornings that have just a quick tip on relationship advice. And some of them may not be entirely applicable, but some of them certainly are. For those of you in the business world, I kind of equate this to the leadership tip from Harvard Business Review each morning that comes out and there's a little nugget or two 
that you just start your day, pop open your email and, and read something that could help you in the business world, but also more importantly, what can help you in your relationship from the Gottman Institute. So that's been helpful. I really liked your second point of giving the other person time. I remember reading a blog post. This is back when we had one kid. And she was commenting on how she thought when they became parents, the thing that they were really going to miss and crave was time together as a couple. And what actually happened is they really craved time to be themselves. And so, you know, I was a late adopter of this because I was so obsessed with like being with our kids. And then if I wasn't with the kids and I was going on a date with Drew, that was fine. But I was never doing stuff by myself for a long time. And what Drew and I have found is if you're feeling good as an individual, you're able to show up better in your partnership. And then your partnership impacts your parenting, which we're going to talk about in the next episode. But it's all so intertwined. So I really liked that point. Drew, is there anything that you've taken from that marriage minute? Is there anything in particular that stands out? from any of your past reads? Yeah, there was one recently where it talked about accepting your partner's perspective and offering an apology for wrongdoing. I think when we get into arguments or fights, it's very easy to dig your heels in and want to prove your point and not consider the other person's perspective. And even in some cases where you feel like you are absolutely right, that may not matter. You want the relationship to grow and not your point to be heard. And that really resonated with me and something that I'm working on. Yeah, that's a great point. I don't know that I've really thought of it like that, where what is most important right now? Is it growing my marriage or is it this point that I'm trying to make? That's a really great way of putting it. How about for you, Colin? Is there something you feel like you two do to grow your relationship? I think one of the things that we do pretty well is we dream together. And by dreaming, it, I don't mean to make it feel like this kind of fluffy thing, but <laughs> just like sitting down and talking about what is it that, where do we want to be? Where do we want to be in the next two years? Where do we want to be in the next five or 10 years? And I think it's helped us put into perspective the things we're doing today and how that impacts our future. You know, we've had a number of ideas that have come from this. One is building our own kind of makeshift gym in our basement. One is putting in a sauna in our basement because it's something that we really love. But I think overall, I think dreaming is something that we all should do as a couple and as a, as a family, frankly. I think that's a great point. I don't know if we do that that often. Do you think? We're just trying to like <laughs> presently survive. <laughs> well, and it's also hard because we just went from saying that we want to be more present to we want to dream. And it's kind of a toss up of like living for today, but then also like living together and yeah. trying to figure out where we want to be. And just as some prompts for this one, it could be like, how do you want to look in your job in a year or in two years or in five years? How can I support you in that part of the role? It's kind of like two parts of it. You know, it's, it's saying like, where do I want to be? But then also where can we help each other get there? It could be like a new hobby or a new goal that you have in mind for, for personal reasons. It could be, how do you want to be as a parent? Like, where do you see yourself as a parent? What financial goals do you have as far as paying off houses or donating more? Like, those are all pieces that we've definitely talked about as far as those dreams that we have. Yeah. And I think this can be hard if someone is in a tough season because mm -hmm. they can't see anything in front of them outside of the things they have to do that day. And so I think you have to be cognizant of 
what someone's going through before you start to jump in on them around partnership growth in general. And I think for us, one of the things that has helped is trying to put ourselves in the other one's shoes before we start a growth-related conversation. Like, for example, the other night, I could tell that you weren't in the best of moods to have a conversation about having phones, you know, always having our phone on us. And I was getting a little upset with Abby because of her phone usage. But I realized in that moment, that's probably not the best time for me to bring this up (laughs) as she's been doing pick up and drop off that entire week. And I knew that was weighing on her. So you had maybe kindly, but also forcefully said, you're doing this next week. (laughs) And it allowed us after I did, you know, help with the pick up and drop off for us to have a, a better conversation around phones. This is actually a really good time with March Madness being so high right now. And then also March is a really, really hard month for Colin. December and March are the two hardest months. So the impatience level is here. Mm. And like we are bringing our real selves to these conversations. So it's not like sugarcoating being like, oh, back five weeks ago when we were having this. Like, no, these issues happened like this week. Like these preventative measures need to happen this week because as couples, we are both in really, really tough seasons. And I do think that all four of us have grown in this area and how to handle these conversations and how to bring them up in polite ways, still being direct, but clear. And I know there's still definitely some room for growth. A quick break from our own shop and listen in for a special listener discount code. We don't talk about this often on the podcast, but we have loved having a merch line to share with all of you. Amy designed each and every one, and we have worn, lived, and loved on these clothes for the past year. It's been adorable seeing the gift purchases made for a mama friend with our crew necks and the pregnancy announcements with our little line. They seriously make our heart burst. Date nights and ladies' nights out with our earrings, they never get old. And the fact that they are pieces from two of our favorite shops, that's a cherry on top. So you're really supporting a small business by supporting a small business. Thank you for listening. And our listeners can use code free shipping at checkout to have us mail your order for free in the United States. You can find the link to our shop in our show notes or simply Google Herself Podcast Shop and we are the first ones to pop up. Thank you again for supporting Herself and we can't wait to see what you pick. But what have you two learned over the last couple of years about bringing up those tough conversations and then also navigating through this defensiveness that might arrive? So Drew... What about for you? I think it's all about just flat out acknowledging the toughness or awkwardness of a situation at the beginning. If you know it's going to be hard, acknowledge that. That sets expectations for the couple that we're going to dig into something that's heavy. And then I think also it's important to explain your intent up front. So if you're the person bringing up a specific topic, what is your goal in the conversation? Not just bringing something up to complain about it or to vent, but I want to be in a better spot for these reasons. That helps set the tone of the conversation. In the event that you get into the conversation and it's just not going well, things are getting heated, one or both of you are being defensive, then I think what's helped us is we've agreed to just drop the topic and revisit after a cooling off period. I love what Drew said about explaining the intent of what you're bringing up to your partner, because I think as individuals, we should actually think about what our intent is. Like, are you just so mad? You know, like, say I'm resentful because Drew had, you know, three trips to March Madness. 
then I need to actually say, what do I need? I'm not just mad because he got time. It's probably that I really need time. So like, that's the actual goal of the conversation is to say, you know what, babe, you've had a lot of time off. I can see who wants to correct me because it was two trips. No, no it, well, it was two trips. So I, I was not going to correct you. But when you say, Drew, if you watch another game, I am going to chop your balls off. What, I hope that's not your intent. What do you actually mean by that? Not this year, past years. Yeah, I think I've actually just like, and Drew and I just talked about this the other week. It's like, I have been much kinder about March Madness this March. It's kind of the idea of, I know this is literally one of his favorite times of the year, but then I was also just more clear on what I needed to do to make this experience better for myself. So for example, my dad came the whole weekend. (laughs) I had help parenting the three boys. So when Drew's gone twice then I'm able to feel like I have support. I ran to the store and my dad watched the kids. Like there were just things that I could do. And then when the second opportunity came up that Drew could go again, I really wanted him to be able to go. And like, I truly felt like I want this for you. And he was actually very hesitant. He's like, are you sure? Are you sure? And I was like, yes. So if you can really feel like your yes is what you mean. And so before that wasn't what I meant. I would say yes, but I would feel resentful. And now if I say yes, I make sure I mean it. That is huge. And I think it's huge for anyone that's like anybody that has a partner, because I feel like so many times, at least in our relationship too, Abby, I mean, you would say yes to me, but then I would hear it later. Yeah, we've been through that. And you have also done a much better job of saying, hey, I want you to go and I want you to have a good time. And it's so freeing for the other person to not have to worry about coming home and getting stuff back from it, Mm -hmm. right? giving some grief about it. I think that's huge. Definitely. And so how do you guys handle those? Tough conversations. We have a saying... In my business that I'm trying to apply more in my personal life and it's head for trouble. And I mean, I'm in the insurance business, so there's things that go wrong quite often, right? There's a building on fire. Somebody gets injured, right? Stuff goes wrong. And so instead of hiding the bad Mm. news, a rate increase or something like that, head for trouble, but come prepared with sitting in their shoes, putting your arms around them and saying, it's going to be okay. We're going to figure this out. But here's the situation and here are the solutions that we can work through. And I think that's also applicable in our personal life. And so I've done a much better job of instead of sweeping it underneath the rug of heading for trouble and saying, I need to have some me time. We're working all day. You do a much better job of working out, getting the various, you know, extracurricular activities that you do, Abby. I think you do a pretty good job of getting you time. I don't, on the other hand, do a great job at getting me time or at least prioritizing it. And so we've had pretty straightforward conversations about that. And you've helped me do that because you know that's something that I really need to show up in my marriage, to show up as a dad. And I think that's helped. When you feel heard or when I feel heard, we do a much better job at listening. Do you agree? And is that coming from 
like I hear you. I actually hear what you're saying. I'm aware of what you're saying and not just trying to bring up the next point of like, oh, mm. yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, no, I hear you. I'm listening. I'm still listening and keep going on. I think that has been a huge growth area for us. And because communication in every marriage is so important, but it's something that Colin and I specifically stubbed our toes on for quite a while, just because, I mean, a million reasons, but it was something that we didn't have established early on in our relationship. And then we just kept our exact same ways for a very long time. It's been a learning curve. It's been something that we've had to learn and work through. And I do feel like we've actually figured each other out. <laughs> and it's taken a long time, but I also know the things that are going to tick them off. And sometimes I will still do those, yes. even though I know. However, (laughs) however, it's the awareness of like, okay, I'm going to bring my best foot forward now. I know this is going to help the situation. I know this is going to help our relationship, not only for this hard piece right now, but also as preventative measures going forward. I think a lot of couples go through the same, you know, growth period, hopefully, because in the beginning of our marriage, too, it was like we would argue and then we were looping in a bunch of old stuff. And now we really try to stay focused on what we're presently arguing about or needing to work through rather than looping in everything that has ever happened between the two of us. Yeah. And I think another thing that can be helpful is not being afraid to sit in silence. If something is said that rubs you the wrong way or causes you to think defensively, just being comfortable with a five or 10 second pause in a conversation can be helpful. At least for me, I'd rather not say anything at all than say something that I will regret later. Well said. Well said. Yeah. And we've both, both couples have been married for almost eight years now. We've both been together for over 10 years. So these are things that you kind of learn about each other. I was also going to say we've done a lot more life together now. You know, you've gone through so much more you know, if there's a hard time with one of your parents, maybe the death of a loved one, a job loss, we all went through a global pandemic together. So partners go through a lot. And I think that there are some unavoidable conversations that are going to come up for all of us like sex and money. So let's start with money because we're going to ease the guys into this. And I think that's the one they're more comfortable with. So a listener wanted to know, Do you guys have any tips on how to handle financial discussions respectfully? Yeah, a couple of things come to mind for me. First of all, I think it's important to really seek to understand your partner's motivations and goals, not just listen to what they are, but really seek to understand the motivations and goals, what makes them tick, why something motivates them and why something is a goal for your partner. And then make sure that you reciprocate that, follow through on sharing your motivations and goals. I think doing that, no matter how aligned or far apart you might be, doing so will probably draw some similarities and alignment that you can rally around and kind of build some trust and confidence in each other. But there's also going to be differences. I think highlighting those differences is also key and then figuring out areas of compromise. Uh, For example, uh, with Amy and I, After we got to a point where we finally felt like we had some disposable income, Amy is terrified of debt and I'm very much focused on market investment. So Amy wanted to throw all of our disposable income, extra mortgage payments where I would rather invest in the market. And we ultimately compromised and kind of split up any extra disposable income. Half would go towards 
extra mortgage payments and the other half would go towards investing in the market. I think too, the idea that what Drew's talking about too is there's always something behind your partner's money issues. So I don't like debt because I grew up kind of poor. <laughs> so there's security there in having things paid off. But if you can understand why your partner feels the way they do about money, there's probably something there and you guys could have that conversation. And a quick break from our sponsor, which is BetterHelp. As all four of us know, and as you all know who are listening, partnerships take work. They take a lot of work. And sometimes it means going outside of the two of you and getting professional help. And that's where BetterHelp can come in. You can invite your partner into one of your sessions that you have scheduled, or you can have couples counseling where you're talking two-on-one with your counselor, figuring out skills and resources and really strategies that you can do to make your partnership even better than it is right now. And if there are things that you keep stubbing your toes on, bring those up and your BetterHelp counselor can definitely help you out. Our listeners do get 10% off by going to betterhelp.com backslash herself. And again, that's 10% off your first month. That website is betterhelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash herself. Your relationship matters. You matter as an individual. And BetterHelp Therapy can definitely help. What about you guys? I'm trying to see if there's anything else to add. I think, Drew, I'm probably more in line with your philosophy. And I think Abby's more in line with Amy's on this one. Which could also be gender, like how we're socialized. That's what's been proven to be true. Yeah, that is actually, yeah, you're correct. That's very, very common. Yeah, I think our financial outlook has, like yours, has changed over our years. We we took, do you remember this with RD? We took some type of uh, marriage test. And it, it like scores you in certain yeah. areas when financially we were like both a 10 out of 10, like we were alignment, we were aligned there. It was like talking about yeah. how you're aligned. And so that was one thing we actually hit off right from the bat. Our communication on the other hand was at like a two. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, you don't have to work on money, but you got to talk. <laughs> you got to speak. Uh, fast forward eight years and we're still working on communication. As we all are. <laughs> We had a, this conversation at dinner this past week around financial stuff, and I think we had a great talk about it because I feel very strongly that right now putting money in the market is better than putting it into our, our mortgage that has a low interest rate. But we talked about it. And it is that financial scarcity. So knowing where your partner's coming from, just like Amy said, and then we also didn't have a mortgage payment for like three years. I got really, really used to that. And as somebody who doesn't like change, like having all of a sudden a mortgage payment, it's like, I just want to pay this thing off as fast as I can. So just going with the personality with it, going with where they grew up. I mean, there's so many different pieces with this money puzzle that go into the conversation that it's not just talking about money. Yeah, I think it helped that I was maybe including you more in the conversations around what I'm doing to help our family and in making certain that you're kept up to speed on the decisions that I'm making. I mean, any larger decision, of course, you and I are talking about it. I make week-to-week decisions around financial stuff that I want to make sure I'm including you in on, which helps. And that brings up a good point because when Drew and I started getting, I would say, on the right track with each other when it came to money is when we started having monthly financial meetings. And monthly financial meetings to us is what love language is 
to Colin. Like this is our bread and butter. We know how important it is. And the reason I like it is because I think couples can get in fights when the fifth Amazon box shows up for the week and the partner says, what are you spending money on? What is this? But it rather if you sit down and you guys are looking at your finances and then you both know you're going to talk about it and your partner says, I've seen an increase in orders coming in and I'm just trying to understand that because I want to make sure that we are being really smart with our money. I think there's ways to approach the conversation where, you know, I think the overarching communication theme of this episode is if you're both ready to talk about it, you're calm, you're not attacking, you're Colin, I'm trying to understand you better. Can we talk about this? I think is the way to go. Yeah. And I know another tough topic along those same lines, Amy, is transparency as it relates to your finances. And, you know, at least for Abby and I, that is something that we believe in. And I think you and and Drew do Mm -hmm. as well, where, you know, Abby's not looking through my credit card statements to see what I spent money on, but she knows ultimately what money is being taken out of our account. And we have a joint fund where all of our money goes into. So we know or could know what transactions we are making on a monthly basis. But I think it just helps create that trust between us. And if there is an issue that either of us are seeing, like we talk about it. We're not just sweeping it underneath the rug because ultimately we're one unit or one family, one goal related to our finances. Amy and I, from the very beginning, always promised we'd talk about the tough stuff. So money is definitely something that we'll continue talking about. And the next topic is sex. So sex can be hard to talk about for some couples. We get it. It can definitely be hard to talk about in front of thousands and thousands of people who are listening. But our listeners want to know you guys. One person asked, I'd love to hear how to talk to men about sex. So Colin, what are your thoughts here? Oh my gosh, I can't wait. So (laughs) I think sex doesn't need to be as much of a voodoo topic as it's made out to be like anything like finances, for example. I think it's important to sit down with your partner and ask them, what is your ideal lovemaking schedule? (laughs) What, how often, what does it look like? When, where, what's ideal? We've had more and more of these conversations over the years, especially as our schedules have gotten busier, like many of you out there. And I think that's helped get us on the same page to try to get to meet each other's needs, which of course isn't always perfect. And it's continues to be lopsided. It's never perfect, but I think it is helpful to get on the same page and start to ask those, some, some, some of those questions to your partner. That's the first thing I would say. <laughs> Drew, you're up Drew. next. <laughs> you can all probably hear me blushing through the microphone right now. So, yes, I'm definitely more private when it comes to this topic. But the one thing I would say is I do think it is helpful to just flat out ask your partner, you know, what am I giving that you are finding satisfaction in? And <laughs> however you want to phrase it. <laughs> What gets you all hot and bothered? (laughs) And secondly, what else do you need from me to be more satisfied? Put it in your own, you know, translation (laughs) or verbiage. That's probably what I would say and be super awkward (laughs) about it. But 
I guess the point is I'd rather be awkward about it than not say yeah. anything or mm-hmm. not ask the questions and be dissatisfied in that area of life, which is a big, important area of life, especially as in a marriage. Yeah. Those are all really great. I totally agree. I, the other thing that Abby is very honest with me about is that, hey, if you haven't texted me all day and you haven't really been touching me in non-sexual ways throughout the day and then at night you expect that we're going to make love like that ain't going to happen. And so the other thing that we talk about too is like how can I get you to that place? (laughs) What would help you desire making love together? And you're pretty clear about that. Like house needs to be in in a decent shape, right? You have to feel good about, did you accomplish the things that you were going to do that day? Am I touching you in non-sexual ways throughout the day that make you feel loved to want to be there? And that all goes back to Vanessa Marin's famous chat on responsive versus spontaneous sex drive. And I'm very much responsive. So it's not that the stars have to align in order for me to want to make love with my husband. That's not it. But it's not as easy. It's not this like switch that can just turn on with Colin. It's like, okay, 10 minutes, I'll be ready. It's like, oh, no, no, no. Hold on. (laughs) I got to figure this out a little bit more for me. Yeah. And this has changed for us over the years because it didn't used to be like that. Right. Especially prior. Now you get a chore list. (laughs) Now I get a chore list. I mean, I mean, seriously, because we obviously zero kids was not like this. And then one kid not really like this. Two kids. Okay, now we're starting to like we've got tasks. We got stuff to do like three kids like crap. Like I got a to do list. I got work to do. Yeah, I think. The important point here is that things change over time. And the only way you're going to know how your partner is changing is if you talk about it. And so like if your partner is desiring sex less and you're just taking it offensively, like I know we've had that like miscommunication before. It's like, no, I don't not want it. But here's what my holdup is. So talking about it is really important. We would highly recommend it. Moving on to the next question. I know to mention that uh, I want a fourth kid. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely get to that chore list. (laughs) Okay. So the next question, and I really liked this one, is a listener asked, what is something that you guys do to make your partner's life easier and happier? Yeah, I'll jump in here. So I'm always the drop-off guy in the morning at the boys or Max at kindergarten and Trey and Cole at daycare. And Amy is the designated pickup lady. But once a week, not because I have to, but because I, I want to, I'll pick up the boys. And that is a big satisfaction for Amy. <laughs> Going back to the satisfaction word, I don't know why I keep saying that. <laughs> quite uh, quite satisfactory. <laughs> <laughs> Amy is thrilled when I pick up the boys. I don't think it's that big of a deal, but she does. And it just puts her in a better mood. I think she loves me more. And not really, but she really does enjoy it. And going back to the sex topic, like if I ever know I want to get in that night, I'm going to pick up the boys. (laughs) You are just staying hot right now. Stay hot. Let's go. I need to stop talking. So, yeah, that's just definitely one thing that I know makes Amy happy that's not a big deal for me, but it, it works well for us. Do you, Drew, have, like, how often do you have these conversations around, like, hey, here's what I need this week. How can I make your 
life easier or better. Like the picking up is a great example of that, but how do you incorporate that in your daily or weekly or monthly schedule? I think we ask each other that a fair amount once or yeah. twice a month at in least. In the beginning, right? well, I would say even in the beginning of the week on Sunday, he's always like, what does your true. week look yeah. like? So that we both know like if the other person's going to need more support during a day of the week. And then we're both really yeah. willing to give each other the support. And I think that's one area you've grown in, Amy, whenever I would bring up the topic on a Sunday, like, okay, let's talk about our week. You not being much of a planner, it would that would almost annoy you. And now you're very open to that I conversation. I like to live day to day. Like yes. I literally would rather not think about tomorrow. I'm just living today. And I know that impacts other people though, like Abby and Drew. So I'm trying to work on <laughs> but it. The point oh, of that so was nice. so that we could all live better lives during that week. So nothing would, get, yes. no one would get thrown a curveball. Expectations were set and we could plan accordingly. And that has been helpful. Yes. Does that sound familiar, Abby? Mm, yeah. 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 It for all the type A women out there, yeah. all the type A men listening. Yes. <laughs> yes. So for us, I know exactly what I need to do to make my wife's life easier and, and frankly, my life easier by doing that. <laughs> that is doing chores around the house. I cook most of the meals. I put away the dishes most of the time in our house. I'm getting the diaper laundry going is also a big win for me. <laughs> and also picking up the kids. Abby cannot stand picking up the kids at daycare <laughs> at night, to put it lightly. You love our kids so much, but at the end of the day, they're just tired. They're, they're rambunctious. It's just a, it's a really challenging event. We joked about the love languages right away at the beginning. And every time we have the guys on, the love languages seems to come up because Colin absolutely adores them. But we can all attest that doing those small things to make your partner feel loved in the way that they want to feel loved, it goes a long way. And doing that one thing that might not be a really big deal for you, it can be such a big deal for your partner. One of our other listeners asked, what would a dream weekend away from the kids look like for both of you? So Drew, I'll have you go first. I would say an all-inclusive resort, put the feet up, be on a beach somewhere, massages, great meals, ultimately time to connect and time to relax, just be easy and not think about things. What would you say, Amy? I was going to say we love going on trips, just the two of us. It's something that we have found. We've been doing it since we've been parents. A lot of people vacation with their children or take trips with their children. We like to vacation by ourselves. And it is something where we just feel so connected when we're there, but also when we come back. It's like we just kind of get back on track. How about you guys, Greens? I love it. Yeah, mine would be similar. I think... Our honeymoon was probably my ideal vacation. We went to Maui and Kauai, and it was the perfect blend of the beach, the drinks, the time together, the awesome meals, and hiking yeah. and sweating, and just love the combination of all that where you're treating yourself well, and you're having fun, and you're spending quality time with each other. So I think that would be my ideal vacation. And actually, that sounds perfect right now. Yeah. <laughs> sure does. All right, guys. Well, this is always really fun and we love having you both on. And the good news is they're going to be back next week with another Bring on the Men episode. And that one's going to be dedicated to parenting. So if you like this episode, share it in your Instagram story or even better yet, share it with your partner. They can definitely get a lot out of these episodes by listening to A New Perspective. 